Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Talking for like three minutes, and I have not had any volume, so that sucks. Uh, this is this is me. It's Jake. I'm stepping in for for my third night this week. Hopefully, you don't hold that against me. Uh, this face that's built for radio is going to handle another show. And listen, you know, I'm 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 starting to get used to it. Maybe this is going to be regular for me. I don't know. Maybe I'll be on this uh, this show a little bit more often. Maybe I'll be on Monday a little more often. I don't know. We'll see where life takes us, but I'm stepping in for Barry tonight. The show is going to be built very similarly to the show that you usually watch, where we will have Fred Greetham on, and we will talk and, and answer all of your questions. So if you have a question for Fred, or you would like uh, you would like me to be, to be uh, answering as well, I'm more than happy to do that. It, it probably did sound better muted, not going to lie. That's a little rude, um, but whatever. I know you're just kidding. But uh, anyway... This is, like I said, not going to be all too different. We have great stuff from the Combine. If you have not checked out the OBR main page, let me make sure to show you what's going on in the OBR main page because I'm going to try to do this a little bit more often with our shows, which is, you know, for you folks who are the loyalists who who end up, you know, following us over at the OBR and being a subscriber, uh, a lot of great stuff for you guys to see over there. So, um, you know, we have plenty of content covering today. Fred, who we're bringing on in... Uh, just a little bit, uh, wrote up the Kevin Stefanski interview, what he talked about. Passing game has to be better than main focus. You can read on that. Uh, our own Cody uh, Cody Sook took over the uh, analytics as he uh, as he does every week. And Cody wrote up the free agent options at linebacker. If the Browns should choose, they do not want to spend any money, uh, sorry, any draft capital in that area. And then Brad and Fred combined uh, for this article here where we uh, took a look at everybody as the as the wide receiver's kind of headlined the second day with their interviews. So you got Garrett Wilson, you got all the guys, uh, what they said, what they uh, talked about, their angle of the day, and 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 good insights here from, you know, if you're not able to sit and watch and digest every single thing that happens at the Combine, it's a good summation of the wide receivers and those interviews. So make sure you're checking that out. Uh, obviously, Day 22 mock from Stephen Thomas is available, and then some Ask the Insider for you VIP folks. Uh, we, we urge you to be VIP folks. We talk about that $9.99 deal every month. You get the Paramount Plus ad-free. It's the same cost. It's $9.99 anyway to have Paramount Plus. Might as well get a free OBR and 247 sports subscription to go along with it. If you are one of those folks who are with us on the website, this VIP here is going to uh, kind of round up all of the insider questions that have been asked. And there have been a lot lately, and Lane Atkins has been all over answering those questions for you. So, that's what you can find on the website today. We'll have a little bit on linebackers as we continue linebacker week with JOK. I'll have a full study for you subscribers tomorrow looking at his rookie year where I think his fit is down the line, um, you know, his potential long-term fit and all that stuff. Uh, I have that all written up for you. Yes, Paramount Plus, my, my, I don't know. You, everybody's got different scenarios. There's a lot of good stuff on there, a lot of good movies, some good shows. My son is heavily committed, loyalist Paw Patrol fan. and. Uh, we get it anyway, so you might as well, you know, even though technically I could get it free, I said we're already paying for Paramount Plus anyway. Might as well expand that subscription to get everything on the 247 Sports Network. So why not? And, um, 
yeah, take advantage of it. It's an option out there. Real quick, we're going to start with a little pre-recorded nine and a half minute segment with Brad Stainbrook. I recorded earlier in the day. You'll see a complete shift in the color of the room as it was daytime, uh, where Brad's going to give you some insights on things he knows about David and Joku, some things that were said at the Combine today from his perspective. A lot of fun stuff here. So we're going to go 10 minutes with Brad. Uh, good stuff recorded with him. I think he's got some nice insights. And then we will bring on Fred and get uh, the show ready that you normally like to have here on Wednesday nights. So make sure, again, your questions are ready that you would like Fred to answer. Let's jump over to that interview right now with Brad. Welcoming in Brad Stainbrook to the show, OBR Insider. Brad, what's happening, man? Not much. First time down here, so it's uh, pretty exciting just to you know, get my feet in the water and uh, you know exploring Indianapolis. Yeah, what's so what's up with the first time there? Is everything like walk people through a first timer's experience? Everything's in Lucas Oil, like where where are you guys going? What does it all look like? Paint a picture for us, Brad. Come well, on. First now. of all, everybody told me brace yourself for the weather. The the past two days, it's been 65 degrees. It's I'm living life out here. Um, but no, the combine is in uh the combine, you know, the workouts on field, of course, it's on Lucas Oil, but you know, connected, you know, right to Lucas Oil Stadium is the uh, convention center, and that's where uh, most of the uh, media is. And you know, we have a big ro- work room through there, and uh, you know, we're spending most of our time uh, downstairs, uh, first floor, um, you know, interviewing the, uh, you know, you know, the prospects, and uh, yeah. So that's where you spend your time with Kevin, and and um, you know, I'd imagine Andrews was in the same spot, so. You've gotten a chance to talk to wide receivers, kind of your first group that you spent a lot of time with. And otherwise, like the thing that people don't understand, Brad, is it's not all about draft guys right here, right? It's about agents connecting, GMs connecting, people getting in the same room that haven't been in the same room for a while. We all remember the the famous cutaway scene on NFL Network where it was Gettleman and Dorsey sitting in the bleachers or out in the stands up on their own and speculation started about the Odell Beckham trade in 2019. I have to feel like that's a big part of that discussion there. So uh, news notes, things that came out today, we saw something on Andy Isabella. You want to touch on that? Yeah. I mean, like you said this, so legal tampering starts in a few weeks, but I call this, you know, the start of illegal tampering. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Andy Isabella uh, last year, uh, he's been struggling a bit. uh, It just maybe the, the scenery in Arizona, uh, last year, he uh, you know barely touched the field. He was inactive for the majority of games last year. Uh, you know, it was reported today, first reported by Josina Anderson, uh, that Andy Isabella is going to be able to him and his agent are going to be able to uh, seek a trade this off season. And the Browns, I'm told, according to multiple sources, that they had interest in acquire. I actually knew it, you know, last deadline, but I was told to hold off on it. Nothing really came close, but. Uh, you know, the Browns did sniff around, you know, acquiring him last offseason and and uh, last trade deadline, excuse me. And, and now I'm told the Browns still likely have interest. And, in, you know, again, his agent has permission to, um, you know, see what teams could be interested. I dig it. So, you know, the thing for Andy Isabella with me, Brad, is like, OK, you got this guy. Speedy seems like the ideal player for a, for a spread NFL system. Right. Um Interesting to me that a team who has Christian Kirk hitting free agency, AJ Green's not getting any younger, and that's probably all everybody can name. I mean, Zach Ertz is their tight end threat. They don't have many weapons behind behind those guys that they have the top two with AJ Green, and obviously we know what uh, what Hopkins is. So it's like, okay, if they're saying a team that lives in ten personnel, Brad, meaning that that they have more often than not four receivers on the field than anyone else in the league. You're letting him hit the trademark. And what's that tell you about what they think of him? So to me, I've had a lot of people throw that idea at me, throw a late round pick. 
I yeah. just would rather spend it on a guy who they could draft a later round wide receiver on top of them, maybe the guy they take early, right? Do you, you smell yeah. stepping in there? And, and just to add a point here, a lot of times when these players, when the when this news comes out, it's likely the team giving permission for the agent to start, you know, spreading that news out because they're trying to, you know, build up that interest. And I, it's very well possibility that, you know, they can, you know, not get any offers and, you know, in a few weeks, start mm-hmm. the new year, he'll be released. So yeah, that's, that's the angle, right? I think it's appropriate for maybe Cleveland to be like, okay, let's bring him for camp. You know, um, I dig it. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, the, the speed element is Andy's thing, right? Coming out of college, the speed element was, was his big selling card. So Ohio Cleveland, yeah, and he oh absolutely he's a Mayfield kid, I, I believe, right? And um if he's if the if the Browns weren't already occupied with Anthony Schwartz with that element of the of the of a, of a wide receiver room, kind of a solo specific speed guy, I could get behind it a little bit more. But I just uh, you know, just me, Brad. I'm not I'm not into throwing a late round pick. Anyway, talking about playmakers creating explosives for the Browns, a little David and Joku update. Yeah, uh his representation is going to meet with Andrew Barry and in, in the Browns. Uh Sometime later this week, a lot of the agents do not come in town until, you know, the workouts start. Um, but they're starting to arrive in town. But, yeah, the Browns are going to, you know, sit down and see where, uh, you know, each side is at. And, you know, I think I think the uh, the franchise tag or some type of tag, there's a couple of tags possible. I think they're both all still in play uh, at this time. But I think the Browns would like to reach a, um, a deal before he reaches the open market. But, of course, it's a business and they got to agree to a number and, you know, we're not sure how far apart they are on that. I think some teams in the NFL play the franchise tag or the transition tag as a little more of a forefront part of the operation. I don't think Cleveland has any desire to do it. I, I really don't, but they will. If they cannot find something uh, reasonable, uh, maybe maybe Njoku looks Brad at the guys in New England who are getting 12 and a half annually, John o. Smith yeah. and Hunter Henry, and says, I want that money. Then you get to $14 million. Uh, yeah, well, that, that that's the thing, though. Like, does he think he's a better player than those guys? So that's where it starts to get dicey because if he thinks he's on their level, that's his negotiating spot. You know, the only guy between the two tight ends in New England who just signed an APY uh, other tight ends is Austin Hooper. He's a 10-5 annual year guy. Now, we know there's a big decision looming there, but uh, to me it's going to be interesting to see where David – we won't know this, but where David and his representation come in with their initial figure because you go from 12-5, then you're into the 14 million uh, guys, which is like – Dallas Goddard's new extension, um, and then, you know, up to Kelsey and Kittle and some of those guys. So it'll be interesting. I, I think we're going to write that up here at the OBR, a little roundtable on the two potential tag players. Obviously, David is a guy that we keep our eye on, and maybe Clowney. We'll see what shakes out with that. Anything new on Clowney on your end? Or, or I haven't quiet? heard anything, but there's a, few, there's a few reports out there that the Browns would like to retain him. But, of course, the um, it's a business. You got to, yeah. you, know, you know, we'll see what happens there. But I have not heard anything specifically on uh, Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, market market setting there is going to be interesting because best year, but people are still cautionary tale with the age and all of that too. So we'll see what shakes out. Otherwise, today, big day for wide receivers, all the big dogs. What uh, you know, what stood out from you? I know you posted an article today on the on the front page. You guys can check that out with all the takes on I think there's about eight guys in that in that piece. So kind of just some thoughts on what those guys said. Anything stand out to you specifically, Brad? Uh I was able to, you know, get first row. I had you know work my way up to the first row. But yeah, Chris Olave, uh, he had high praise. He called the Browns a great organization. That kind of stood out to me. He said he would love to be able to stay in Ohio and, you know, just go down right right down the highway, uh, you know, and, and you know, continue his football career in Cleveland. Um, you know, Dotson kind of stood out to me. He he said he's comfortable in all three spots. He says, you know, his versatility is his, you know, best trait he offers. So that kind of stood out to me. And then, you know, 
you know, I've been talking with some people and, you know, who, who know, and um, it sounds like the Browns are really zeroing in and they should on a couple wide receivers, uh, specifically tall and big wide receivers. Um, you know, of course I, I put something in rumor central, so I won't say who exactly, but you know, make sure you go to rumor central and check that out. Gotcha. Good stuff. Make sure you guys check out that on Rumor Central and all of Brad's notes, which are up on every single prospect he spent time in front of today. As we know, the Browns eyes are on wide receiver and I'm sure, Brad, you can attest everybody you talked to or had a chance to listen to talk. Yeah, we met with the Browns. Every one of them, the Browns are going to do their homework on because they're not just early names they're interested in, but they're interested in the David Bells and some that go beyond even into the later rounds, right? Yeah, for sure. And talking about wide receivers transitioning, Jarvis Landry is another name that's going to be coming up here soon. Jarvis Landry and his agent, uh, Clutch Sports Agency, same as LeBron, the you know the agency LeBron James created. Uh, they're going to be meeting with Andrew Barry, and this is going to be a big meeting coming up because, mm-hmm. of course, Landry put the ball in the Browns' court um, when he posted on Twitter, "Hey, I want to stay here, but if you don't want me, then I don't want to be." Like, so we're, we're going to see what happens. That meeting is going to be uh, later in the week, but. That's uh, probably, if not the biggest, one of the biggest meetings for the Browns uh, and topics to address in Indianapolis. Yeah, big decisions on names. We got one with Conklin last week. Uh, We'll see what happens with Hooper, Jarvis, Treader, some of these other names that we have been talking about for weeks and weeks now after the season concluded, whether that was through mock drafts or podcasts. It's all here. Bunch of different coverage. I can assure you that as news creeps out, Brad will be on the forefront of the news of that as he speaks with a lot of these agents. He'll make sure to post that in ATI. Check him out there. Check him out now, putting a little bit more out there on the for, uh, the forefront of the OBR's front page. And uh, more to come. Brad's building out here. We're really excited for him and, and pumped to have him. Brad, thanks for your time, man. Thanks, Jake. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So that was Brad Stanbrook checking in. I think he's out on uh, out on the town there in Indy getting some food. So, you know, I know that was in the comments. So hopefully Brad's taking care of that angle. I know he went out to eat last night with OBR beat writer, the legend, Fred Greetham. Fred, welcome into the show. What's happening? 
Hey, I'm doing good. Yeah, they're they're saving a seat for me down at the restaurant. So when we get done here, I'm gonna try to grab something to eat. But L- listen, uh, let's not let's not delay, Fred. It's seven o'clock. We gotta get some food in your system, man. Let's let's dive in. This- I bet you guys are nonstop. We uh, again, a reminder. I know that uh, Barry hosts this show. It's very fan uh, viewer driven. If you guys have questions, throw those questions in to uh, into the chat here, and, and more than willing to ask Fred those questions. I want to start uh, Fred with Kevin Stefanski. Um, he finally spent some time in front of a, a microphone. I know you got some questions into him. What are your big takeaways? I know the big takeaway it, it, everyone's talking about, he's going to keep calling the offense. No surprise to me. I just want to know what you uh, took away from it. Well, I mean, it, yeah, there's no big news. Him and Andrew Barry are in lockstep. He, tells you nothing, but he has a smile on his face and you got to ask the questions anyway. I mean, I really, to me, you got the Baker problem. You got the wide receiver problem they had last year, injuries and all the things that we know about. But to me, the question is on the coaching side, are you going to make any changes or is it just, we just do the same thing and, you know, when you got guys that maybe can't do what you want them to do. So anyway, I did ask him that and and I thought he had a pretty good answer. And I, I have that story up there and then several other reporters asked questions on those lines off to the side and so forth. So um, yeah, the calling plays, no surprise. It's a little surprising about the Alex Van Pelt. You'd think, okay, if you're taking the quarterback, coaching off off his plate maybe is that to you know be the play caller you know but it's really you know that he's just going to be the offensive coordinator kind of and that's that's it but he's very involved in everything you know the one thing about you know we tiptoe around the baker thing mm-hmm. you know he came out strong saying abs you know one answer one word answer saying do you still have confidence in baker yes and uh, he was then asked if if it would be the status quo with the quarterback room. And he said, well, I'm not – I can't – it's March 2nd. We can't talk about that. So <laughs> I don't know if he's going to bring in competition. He, he danced around that question by saying every day's competition. And what, what the questioner was intending, like a guy that could be the starter. I mean, because we know he doesn't want a quarterback uh, controversy because it's obvious last year when Case Keenum's there that he is not starting Case Keenum unless he Mayfield was medically ruled out. And so, you know, he said a little bit about that. But, no, just the takeaways there, Andrew Barry and um, with Kevin – you should start seeing by news that leaks out from other teams. Obviously the biggest question is the quarterback situation. You're seeing some of the, it looks like some of the potential uh, opportunities are being taken off the market. Um, You know, Josh McDaniels today said Derek Carr is his guy. Um, O'Connell, the new coach with Minnesota said that Cousins is his guy. So those are two guys that you wondered, you kind of had inkling, but at least they said publicly that they're committed to him. We did hear a GM from the Falcons say that Matt Ryan 
you know, could be available. Of course, he's got about a $45 million salary and he's at the end of the line. But if they can do something there, that's a possibility. I thought another one caught my eye was the Howie Roseman of the Eagles said that they're out of the Watson sweepstakes. Um, They're committed to Jalen Hurts. And the Dolphins, who were the team that was supposedly offering three number ones, um, are committed to Tua. And and so they're out of any competition for Watson. So to me, I think he's probably the most tradable guy out there, along with Garoppolo. And of course, the Garoppolo news that he has surgery. So I don't know what's going on with Rodgers, Wilson, if those, neither Pete Carroll, John Schneider, the GM, was scheduled to speak, but I didn't see him. I heard some announcement. I don't know if he got postponed or or he spoke late or something, but I didn't catch him. So, you know, it's it's always the quarterback. Uh, Barry and Stefanski are saying what they need to say you know, right now, but we're going to see by their actions. And I think, frankly, as Browns fans, you pretty much have to resign that they're going to bring back Mayfield. Maybe not necessarily that's their top choice, but you just can't. I mean, listen, Browns fans know there's been about 32 quarterbacks since 99 they would try to, they want a franchise quarterback and they just don't grow on trees. And Mayfield is not junk. I mean, he's an average or above average. We've seen him play well. So you don't move on until you got to upgrade. And so right now I think that they realize they pretty much very likely will bring him back, you know, at his fifth year option and see what happens, whether they draft a guy I don't think they'll draft a guy with 13th pick, but who knows? Yeah, and, 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 to, and to build on what you're talking about there with Mayfield and people wanting to uh, to go out and maybe get him, like there was a lot of chatter to, around the draft about Josh McDaniels really liking Mayfield. The Jets uh, were very into, you know, uh, Jets were very into him if he was available. Uh, there were a couple others that were that were pretty outwardly known after the draft they would be into so you know Sean Payton was a little bit of a link in New Orleans because of some of that connection there and things that have been said but now Payton's retired I don't know Pete Carmichael their their OC who has stepped in uh, to fill that role as Dennis Allen's head coach I'm not sure I don't know what Mayfield's trademark it is and you got to remember a lot of the guys we're talking about Fred and I and everybody at the OBR and everybody around the Browns as potential targets are guys who are healthy for the most part, right? Like Mayfield's coming off a shoulder labrum surgery. That's huge. And it's, it's like those teams banking on that trade. We all are having this conversation about trying to compare him to the Carson Wentz trade or trying to compare the Sam Darnold trade. Well, those guys were entering the following year healthy. There were no concerns about that. Now Mayfield is uh, Fred. I don't know. You've been doing this. You've been doing this a while too. Like, I don't think you really get very many public things that come out early that says a guy's behind schedule. The agents will always say they're guys ahead of schedule with surgeries. Same thing happened with Conklin and now Mayfield this offseason. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see what shakes out if there's a real market out there. The Browns are not going to – the only way Mayfield moves off this roster is a general reminder is if they, if they, if they trade him. That's the only way they don't take a dead cap number for his 18 and change that are on the books for next year. So – if they do make a deal for a quarterback, Seattle, and again, like Fred just said, it's pretty much 
I just don't see an alternative. It could you could get crazy and never know, but it's hard to see a real alternative that is Mayfield not being the guy here for another year. If they did get crazy and Russell Wilson happened or Garoppolo happened or something, Mayfield's very likely. And even in the far out galaxy that you're talking about, Aaron Rodgers, Seattle would need a quarterback. Green Bay would need a quarterback. You know, well, they got Jordan Love. But my point is they 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 would likely be able to flip Mayfield back to that team. So whether it was the Vikings or whatever. Um, we're not going there. That's not the point of what we're talking about, but just a general reminder about Mayfield being on the roster, so on and so forth. Should we read anything more into Fred, in your opinion? You've been around the organization uh, you know, through all these regimes we've had of late and 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 paid closer attention than than everybody else, including me. So like this situation now where Van Pelt is the quarterback coach and OC essentially. And then all of a sudden they pass that off uh, to, is it Petzing? I think they passed that off to Drew. And then, Petzing. Yeah. Petzing. My apologies for that. Uh, if, if Drew found his way to listen to us, um, they, so they pass that off. Like AVP is not calling plays. And I know, listen, I can, I can tell you 75 things the guy's going to be doing, but is there something there? I thought AVP was always really into helping uh, the words around what he said about Baker were always really encouraging. But do you think this move has any sort of significance? Meaning uh, Kevin didn't like what he was getting from Baker with Alex, the results or, or Alex is too distracted uh, as a, as a guy doing the offensive coordinator duties, not calling plays, but being the coordinator. And there is coordination that goes with that position, no matter what. And then you get this move to bring in a specific quarterback coach tied to Mayfield. Do you think there's an element there, Fred, of the Browns, Stefanski, Barry, these guys are making these big decisions that we need to give Baker a guy who's got zero distraction anywhere else? Because Freddie was, you know, Freddie was play caller doing a bunch of other things. And did Freddie have an OC? I don't think Freddie had an OC. I don't think he had one at all. If I recall, Fred, and maybe I'm I'm forgetting misremembering there, but I don't recall. But like I think was Zampezi the only guy who was strictly a quarterback coach for him since he's been in the league? Yeah, and he was given a lot of credit for that yeah. second half of that year. But no, I I think it's Kevin, if you look at the transcripts, you know, that they put out, not from the podium, but when we went off to the side, I think mm-hmm. it's in there. He went on and on when asked about that on realize Stefanski came up being like a tight end coach for, you know, and he went through every position and he really likened it to an opportunity for Petsing to move to another position and to open up for TC McCartney to be the tight end coach kind of, and he, and he drew a parallel to when he was coaching that, that was a big year for him to be a tight end coach and then to move to quarterback. So I think he, he makes a lot of these moves like that with his assistants, Callie Brownson. He, he talked about her again today. He's got her doing some assistant running back, I think this year. And so it just seems like he's trying to be a farm system for coaches, which is a good thing because he sees himself in these young guys, but I think if Van Pelt was unhappy about calling plays or any of that, he would have left unless he didn't have any opportunities. But there was some rumblings that maybe he was unhappy. I don't think he'd just stay to stay if he wasn't happy with with the role. I, I don't know because they don't – I just go by what Kevin said, and he, 
he gave a pretty big explanation, well thought through if he was trying to come up with something. So I think it's just that given the assistance opportunities and maybe given Baker, like you said, one-on-one time, you know, and, and uh, so that's, that's pretty much what he said and what I take him at his word. Yeah. we. I mean, there was a lot of conjecture there that, that we don't know. I'm just, I'm just always looking for it as best I can. And I know, I know most people cover the team are too about rationale behind decision-making. It's just, it's, if you're moving a guy who was in AVP's role, wasn't light, right? Fred, he came in in in, in 20, he completely overhauled Baker's pre-snap footwork. He was a left foot forward guy when Baker was never a left foot forward guy. So is there a potential switch back to a stance that Mayfield was comfortable with before? Is there an element here of, Let's just let Baker get back to doing a little bit more of Baker. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. We'll be able to tell quick. You know, my eyes will be on the feet of the quarterback and and uh, and watching all well, that there, stuff way too close. There was some, you know, talk about the bad habits of with his harness. And if they're concerned, you know, breaking those things and getting him back, he kind of shrugged yeah. it off. But, yeah, those are things that trained eyes like you would watch a little bit more. But I just – I guess my point, the one, the one little phrase, Barry uses big words yesterday, but he said, you know, he said with the opportunity that they're looking, but it comes down to resources and opportunities. So in other words, Deshaun Watson might be available, but the resources, do they want to give up three number ones, you know, or whatever, besides all the off the field stuff. But so that's what, I think it's easy to say these opportunities, you could maybe make a trade, but I don't know if they're going to, you know, give up everything, the whole future, you know, to do so like kind of like the Rams did. So I'm yeah, with it. That, right, Todd Monken. It, it, it's yeah. I was going to, it's going to correct myself. Thank you. Uh, I think it's uh, Mr. Mr. Benning there. I, I, I completely, I completely forgot about Todd Monken. who's, rolling in the deep in Georgia now, I believe, or maybe he's even moved on past where he went to Georgia the next year. But yeah, Ryan Lindley, that was wholly unqualified for that opportunity. But anyway, um, let's carry on. There's there's the other big part of today, Fred, that I wanted to, to chat about is this group of wide receivers. Now, the answers are the answers, and they're posted in the story. I just want to get your vibe on something weird. Like, did any of these guys stand out to you as really, really like, like, uh, like magnanimous personalities, like really those types of guys when they were talking, you know, guys just have an aura about them, Fred. Some guys do, some guys don't. Was there any of those guys who you're like listening to them or a lot of people are up at their podium and you're just like, okay, that guy draws a crowd. Uh, type of thing. I know most of these guys are first round guys. You guys put in here with the exclusion of Jahan Dotson's kind of hovering. I think he'll be a first round guy, but he's hovering David Bell. And I think Calvin Austin's also in there. So I'm just kind of curious, just your takeaways beyond the answers received a guy who stood out to you, maybe. Yeah. I mean, those guys, they're supposed to start at eight o'clock and they have, they put like 12 in a row out there at podiums. So and, and often they're at the same time. So you're trying to run back and forth and get a little bit here. Brad and I, you know, tried to do a little bit of that, but I will say, you know, Chris Olave watched him play, but he really has an infectious, you know, personality about him, said some good things about the Browns. 
Um, Garrett Wilson as well. So both those guys impressed me. I, I was able to get in on most of both their interviews. But the guy who stood out to me was Traylon Burks. Um, is it Traylon or Trayvon? I don't know. I think it's Trey Traylon. Traylon Burks. Yeah. I mean, he's big. I mean, he just had a command about him, but very humble in his, you know, in his in his um, talking. Um, so he was. I thought he was pretty impressive. Drake London's an impressive uh, being. You know, it was something that I didn't want to embarrass a guy because I don't even know where the reporter was, but I'll just say this, you know, he's like six, five. And the, and one of the people yelled out and said, you know, you keep talking about being big and physical, but at, at five eleven, you're, I don't know how you can play. And he obviously thought it was somebody else. And, and Drake looked at him like, I didn't, I didn't hear that. And he kind of, he didn't embarrass the guy at all. And the guy then I think realized, oh my gosh, this guy is not 5'11". But that was kind of, he answered it very well. So I, I was impressed with him. David Bell, I'll, I'll give you a little nugget here. Mm-hmm. Nobody asked him about the Browns. Somebody asked him who was the best defensive back that he's ever faced to date. And he said, without hesitation, Greg Newsom. He shut me down and he went on to a, he goes, he's with the Browns now, but he was by far the toughest. Time. So that I thought for Browns fans was, yeah. you know, kind of a nice little nugget there. But um, yeah, Bell, Dodson, you know, a lot of these, obviously these big time college programs, they're used to dealing with the media and they're pretty smooth. Um, I talked to Calvin Austin, you know, and he was very sure of himself you know, and, and, uh, sounded pretty good. I, I put a, a clip of one or two of each of those guys I've talked about, I think on, on Twitter, but you know, you just try to get a sample and you can't really get the whole breadth of it. We'll go into a little more detail and stories and more of what they said, but kind of did the same approach I did when the Browns had a, had the 10th pick and talk to maybe the top six or seven tackles when you knew they were going to get a tackle. And, and uh, Jedrick Wells was one of the guys that, you know, I did a thumbnail like Brad and I did today. So that just kind of, we cast a net, hopefully, you know, one of those guys, you know, get a little to know whether it's a first round guy or, or maybe in their second round, you got to think they're going to address that with one of their first two picks, but no, I was impressed with the the group of wide receivers. I think that there's some players in there. You, you never know. Um, one was asked if he felt like he could make the impact, you know, in their first year, like Jamar Chase or mm-hmm. somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And he said he did. And he and he and I believe that <laughs> they're running together. I shouldn't have probably said that because I can't remember for sure which guy it was, but. I think we put it in that story. So if you want to check that out. Yeah, it's or, well worth your time. Well well worth your time to everybody. Have, have you, uh, Burks, you're, you're, I don't know how close you were to the stands, Fred, but you've been around sports your whole life like I have. I have not really heard of many guys wearing gloves that are 4X gloves, that are custom-made gloves. Now, as a wide receiver, okay, so let me let me kind of think about this, Fred. You know, you always saw those pictures, and, and shout out to Jay Spencer three who subscribed uh, to the Twitch just now. Appreciate that. Um, 
as a, like, I remember Shaq trying to hold a basketball and the big reason he struggled with free throws, Fred, I'm sure you recall is the hands were too big. Can your hands be too big to catch a football? Can they be an issue there? He's not had an issue, but it's like, that's a crazy thing to have four X. I've never heard of that as a football player, especially wide receivers who are generally speaking, not big, big guys. That's wild, man. It's wild. Yeah, that would be, I was pretty close to him. Um, I didn't get a real good close look at the hands, but when he was asked that question, he said four X, there was some gas, the news and eyes in the group. Cause wow. I don't know, <laughs> you know what, how much, it, but I wouldn't think catching a football. I mean, it's a little more finesse shooting a free throw than it is catching a football. I mean, yeah, I catch okay. those little ones. My grandkids throw me a lot better <laughs> than the big boy. So right. I would, I would think that he'd be able to do a little more one-handed catching and stuff, but I was impressed with him and, you know, partial a little bit, probably because of seeing more of the two Buckeyes, but there are some other guys out there that are pretty doggone good. And mm-hmm. uh, that bodes well, you know, for the Browns, obviously we've saw all offense, you know, tomorrow's all offensive linemen. They had the tight ends, um, the quarterbacks, wide receivers, all that. Running backs are tomorrow. But then the defense guys, I think, start Friday. So it's all been offensive oriented right now. And I think, obviously, the Browns have some needs on defense. But wide receiver, whether they get them in free agency or they get them through the draft, you know, I think somebody will come out of this. Because not not in – anything against the Browns, but because their passing attack has not been very good. I don't think if somebody has a choice to go to another team that passes more that they would pick the Browns unless the Browns overpay them. And the other thing would be because of the OBJ comments and so forth, you might, you know, you might be a little shy on getting a top name free agent and you draft them They're They're coming here. So that's where I wouldn't even be surprised if they took one, you know, too high, high in the draft, even though they have other needs, it's all going to be, what do they do with free agency? You know, do they go get an edge in free agency or, or the interior that will complement? But I, I, I did find it interesting on Garrett Wilson that he said, Baker's my guy. They both went to Lake Travis. I guess I didn't even know that. He said Baker was older than him, but Baker comes back there and they've actually thrown and, mm-hmm. and he, you know, said he would be excited to play with him. I mean, at this time you're, you're going to say you'd be excited to go anywhere. I mean, when you're, when you're getting drafted, but that just popped into my head, a little nugget about Wilson. Yeah. I remember Wilson being on Baker's 18 documentary that 2018. Uh, I can't remember the name of Baker's documentary. It was uh, Ben Axelrod even pointed it out today with the video he reshared and, Baker went to visit Lake Travis, and at that time, Garrett wasn't committed one way or the other to where he was going. So, of course, Baker uh, was trying to sell him on Oklahoma, uh, as he would, right? So, um, you know, it's it's just funny because people would then say, well, Garrett Wilson's a Texas kid. Actually, Fred, Garrett Wilson was born and raised early portion of his life in Dublin, Ohio, right here in Columbus. So he's familiar. His brothers were fantastic football players in central Ohio. One of them uh, in like 2013, 14 range, Donovan Wilson went to Georgia Tech. I think he ended up transferring back to Bowling Green, but very good athletes. And Ben tells the story uh, that, that, you know, people at that point, because Ben was, they went to the same high school there, Dublin Jerome, that 
they were all like, you know, Donovan's great. And, you know, they're the, the, the older brothers are good, but wait until the younger brother's ready. And, you know, Garrett, uh, Garrett's got a lot of connections in Ohio. That's what brought him back to Ohio. And then ultimately uh, linked up with Baker plenty of times, as you've, as you've noted as well. So uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of interesting things with these receivers. We're going to definitely be continuing to talk about uh, the, the positions that are still floating. If, if the clowny stuff doesn't come together, they're, they're going to be looking early ish at edge and those guys will get up in front of the microphone before too long. Um, I, I, I think that that will be one of the more interesting days uh, is hearing from so many of these higher, higher ranked edge prospects. So we'll have plenty of coverage of that. Uh, you know, what are, we we'll kind of wrap up Fred, like what are you looking most forward to? Let me ask you this question. Okay. Kind of uh, sprung into my mind, the combine itself. How long have you been going? How many years have you gone to the combine, Fred? Oh, I'd say probably I haven't come every year, but the Browns have been at the top of the draft. So that's always been the highlight, you know, is mm-hmm. we, I was, I was here with Mayfield and all the quarterbacks and all the tackles, but back. Yeah. Probably the last 20 years um, it's become a big event. I don't think I've been here every year, but, as Brad was saying about the weather, I remember one year we had about 10, 12 inches and I was supposed to come home and go with my wife to a concert on Friday night. And I got snowed in. She was not happy with me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that's that's neither here nor there. It, you, you, It's evolved into just another part of the NFL empire. It's like it fills the February, March slot now. It's a made for TV event. We used to be able to watch a lot more. Now I can watch on TV probably better than I can. You can't even get into some of the – they got arenas for watch the bench press, and it's it's crazy. And there's so much media here. It's really more like a convention. I used to be a coach, used to be a teacher. You go to these conventions and you see everybody. Well, here you see everybody around the league. I mean, yesterday you have to walk in like you're going through the airport every time you go in the interviewer and you got to hold up your phone and everything. The guy in front of me was a guy named Andy Reid, and he got beeped, you know. You know, and it was like five, like, really? You got Andy Reid to go? You wouldn't even really know him. You know, he's just kind of like a very plain individual. But as far as, you know, you see that you're running into guys all over the place. You know, a lot of former Browns coaches interviewed one today. It was O'Connell. He's now the head coach with the Vikings. And Eberfluss was from, you know, over Cleveland way and Siriano. And so it's just really crazy. It's kind of like, you're, you're seeing more and more connections, but I think more than anything, it's more of a, this is the groundwork of free agency, the yeah. official tamperings, the 14th, but this is like the unofficial official tampering because you always wonder when they have it open at noon at 1201 guys already agreed to a deal. How I don't think he just started talking to the guy a minute ago, you know? No, no, not at all. (laughs) So so that's all being done over at these restaurants. I mean, I went one year about the, when Bruce Arians was the coach of the Cardinals and I was in a sports bar eating and seven different head coaches came in throughout the evening. And Arians, the reason I remember that, because Steve Hyden used to play for the Browns was his coach and he was Mm -hmm. a friend of mine and Brant Boyer, who was with the Colts, was a friend of mine. And I went over, there were seven guys sitting around coaches, but 
it was just crazy to see all these guys, you know, in this place walking around and, and, uh, you know, just kind of getting to know, but this is where Brad, he's out getting some scoops and, you know, this is where you get that information. You got to be careful because they also want to use you to get stuff out too. And it's a two way street. So those are some it's of a the fast, things yeah. that, that I see. Good, good, good stuff there, Fred. It's a fascinating event. I, I, it's become an NFL staple. Senior Bowl can be like that too, where you're just, you know, people that are relatively famous are just kind of meandering around. But like, um, you know, like this, this event is what a lot of people love on the NFL calendar. But the the future of this event is sort of murky to me, Fred. Like more and more guys are opting, not just injured guys. More and more guys are opting to go the route of their pro day at testing. This has always been a big event because of the testing of the athletes. And it's just sort of trending to less and less of that. People like the home field advantage of doing their university pro day. So it's, I'm just curious, I, I just me watching what the event will look like in five to 10 years and whether it's going to retain the value that we've seen that it's not easy. Listen, they like getting all these guys and testing them and interviewing them together. There's definitely value beyond the on field testing stuff. Uh, and I know that the, with last year's event being canceled, it was a challenge to get all that information the way you needed it, but it just seems like it's less certainty about this thing going forward than there has been about like, do they need to have that? Like, you know, the guys were ready to the players, the, the, the tested athletes were ready to not even have it if they were the COVID stuff and we're not here to argue the COVID stuff, but just like this is not some necessary, necessary event, but it is highly convenient getting everybody in one spot. Yeah. And I think also, like, like you said, it's been a made for TV event and before COVID, I think they were starting to talk about shopping it around like the draft, you know, have it one year in LA or, or Vegas, or, you know, like I said, it's kind of turning into a convention I can figure they will. I do think the one-on-one in person, they really like that to get to really talk to them and look them in the eye. I think Zoom, you know, allowed them to talk to guys, but I still think there's some value in that. So I don't know. There'll be some type of incentive, I think, in order to continue. They, as you said, though, guys don't want to hurt themselves by running a slower time when they're already locked in at another. And they always seem to have a fast watch at the home pro day. And, you know, and so, yeah, I think it's an event that's too big to just go away, but they'll, they'll, it'll probably evolve to something, something else that we might not even know right now. Yeah, that's a good point. You could, you could always see more of the smaller school uh, players getting opportunities to actually be a part of the testing. Right. So that could be out there as well, kind of looming in the future. More of the non-Power 5 kids getting opportunities to put on a showcase. So we'll see. Fred, this is fun. We are just getting started in Indy. You guys got a long week out there. There are a lot of opportunities to get data, information, quotes from players, and many more. And there's going to be on-field testing, and we'll be keeping you updated at the OBR on that on-field testing and uh, all the daily write-ups from Fred and Brad uh, as, as often as we possibly can. So Listen, taking time out of your night. I know you need to go get your dinner. I appreciate you, Fred, very much. I know the listeners do too. Uh, I'm sure you'll probably either be stopping in with us again on Monday or be back the following Wednesday. So we appreciate your time, Fred, a ton. Sounds good. Thanks for hanging out with us. 
Yep, guys, that's a wrap for tonight's show. Thanks to Fred and Brad taking time to get this thing rolling. More combine information in the next few days from Brad and Fred in written form. Check the OBR website. Plenty of good things that will be popping up there as we get you ready to to narrow down those draft prospects the Browns will actually be interested based on the data and free agents that they start poking around at as that starts to get uh, pretty close. We're about there, guys. We're just about there for the fun stuff after the dreary end-of-season disappointment that happened January and February. So thanks for tonight, your presence, your showing up, your listening, and interaction. We appreciate so much the support you guys give us at the OVR. Thanks again, and we sign off with the usual. Go Browns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.